The Cambridgeshire Football Show on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Cambridgeshire Football Association promoting football at all levels across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Cambridgeshire Football Show here on Cambridge 105 Radio. On today's show we'll be taking an in-depth look at Cambridge United's retain list for next season after the club announced they'll be releasing nine players out of the 12 whose contracts run out at the end of June. The man who had to make all those tricky decisions, Mark Bonner, the youth head coach, will be joining us in just a little bit. We'll also hear from Tim Armitage and Matt Lockwood later on as we go through the retain list player by player. If you want to get in touch, you can do. We're not recording this in the studio, but we are in our respective homes. So the best place to do so is on social media at 105 Sports on Twitter and Facebook. Do you agree with the decisions Mark Bonner made? Are there players on that list you think should have stayed? Are there players who you think should have gone? So Tim, the U's announced earlier on in the week that nine out of the 12 players whose contracts were up at the end of June would be released. And in that nine, there's six senior figures. Really, what was your view on the retained list? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> They've released the retained list at the usual time, but the usual time may actually still be in the middle of the season if, <laughs> if the EFL decides to go back. So I, I assume they've arranged something in case uh, in case that happens because people may have to come back and play for us. Mm. I, no, I mean, surprise. I think for, for me, I, I, I want... To probably one or two surprises in there. One is is Lewis being on the uh, not on the list or being on the list of uh, those that are going. Yeah, uh, and then <laughs> and, uh, if we talk to Matt later on, the other one is obviously uh, Liam O'Neill being on the list of uh, <laughs> people that they're, they're continuing to make discussions with. But uh, I don't I don't really mean that. Now I think Lewis is for me is the only is the only one on the list that was uh, surprising given that. When he plays at his best, I think he's probably he, he's probably worth keeping. The difficulty is he is very variable, and that's probably why in the end, you know, the, 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 they 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 felt that it, it wasn't the right fit. Uh, the interesting thing is going to be what happens now because there's going to be an awful lot of players, I think, um, without clubs. At, uh, once retained lists are announced across the league, I think the financial situation of certain clubs will will almost force them to to drop a lot of their better players. So there will be potentially a lot of players around who you'd quite fancy bringing into your squad. The question is, is you know, uh, Paul Barry said that there was going to be investment, but of course, Corona changes everything. And mm. particularly being in the travel business, one assumes he's been, <laughs> you know, hit, hit hard by it. So the question is, is that, is that investment still going to materialize? Because if, if it does, and if they, they wait long enough for players to become free. I think that there's potentially a good pool of players to to work at. Um, but if there isn't, then you look at the side and think, well, you know, that's, mm. that's a, 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 and I don't, I don't want to be rude, but it's a very weak side to go into EF, an EFL season next year. Um, given there's a, a lot of youth there, um, so it'll certainly be interesting to see how the whole of the off season, when it eventually happens, transpires, and be interested to see what happens the rest of this season, whether that transpires as well. But yeah, I think we're in for interesting times, um, and I think a lot of surprises will find their way onto that uh, onto the open market uh, when everybody's announced their retained lists. 
Yeah, I think once, like you say, other clubs do, we'll be able to compare and contrast and see where the youth squads sit. I mean, Colchester, I think, were the first club to announce theirs and they released a number of high-profile players. So it, it may turn out the youth squad is actually half-decent. With regards to, the, I say, those six senior figures that have been released, George Taft, Sammy Carruthers, Reggie Lamb, Paul Lewis, Dan Jones and Jabo Ibira, the average age for them is 29 and a half. Is this a case then of it's you know out with the slightly older and probably slightly dearer, more expensive players? All those guys are on decent salaries and looking at the squad in with the newer sort of cheaper guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think the the financial reality is presumably you know whatever whatever clubs say they are looking to um, save money. Um, they've they've all they've all lost a lot of money and a lot of them weren't in a great financial position to start off with. Plus, I think a lot of people will be banking on the fact that some good players may come into that kind of uh, pool of players that are available. Um, so uh, they may not, you know, they, they may not be they they may be looking to be able to pay wages elsewhere rather than necessarily save money so that that'll be interesting to see um yeah i it's just going to be you know a strange season that because it hasn't finished presumably arrangements will have to be made whether they're i mean irrespective of how they do it behind closed doors or not that Mm. there are going to be issues over we talked about this a few weeks back players and contracts and we may have put you know there's an option and i think uh, um bonds was talking about the option to extend contracts if the season extends but that's going to be interesting if you've put them on the, uh, you know, if they're not on the retained list, then do, sure. do you still have that option to offer them an extra contract? So yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting as far as, I mean, the, you look at, you look, I mean, there are some really obvious, I mean, Jabbo is never going to get another contract. Obviously yeah. I mean, he's, he's, you know, with all the best will in the world, he's not played for a season and, and uh, you know, he's injury prone and Dan Jones was injury prone, Samir Carruthers and the problems that we will probably never really know what, uh, what happened. And, you know, there's a lot of players where you, you have absolutely no doubt that they were going to get cut. Jordan Norville Williams, I suppose is perhaps a bit of a surprise because, what we have seen of him is actually been okay, and uh, you know he's not had a great opportunity to to make his mark there. Um, yeah, what do you make of those three youngsters with you know Sam Bennett, Jordan Oliver Williams, and Finley Iron, who've been out on loan a number of times but haven't really had much of a chance? A bit harsh. Yeah, I think I think fin- Finley Iron obviously as a as a keeper gets stuck behind uh, Burton and um, and uh, Dimmy. Yeah. Uh, getting a contract. So I, I guess if you're looking to make a save, your third goalkeeper. Uh, no pun intended you know, maybe your third <laughs> goalkeeper is one that potentially goes um sam bennett I'd, I'd never really seen much of him so again uh, uh, am i surprised no because I, I don't know who he is but jordan Norville williams i say you know you've seen him you've seen him kind of show promise at least yes he's probably not as far along as some of the other um uh, younger players are um but uh, you, you could count that as potentially a, as potentially a surprise. But as I say, Paul Lewis, if if he was more consistent, I think he'd have probably uh, uh, you know he'd have made the retain list and will be around next year. Mm. Well, thanks for now, Tim. We'll come back to you later on with yourself and Matt Lockwood to go through the retain list in more detail. But now I'm delighted to welcome onto the show Cambridge United head coach Mark Bonner. Mark, thanks ever so much for coming on the show. Pleasure, Ollie. Nice to speak to you. Yeah, Andrew, how is how is lockdown for you? A difficult time, I imagine, but, but but pretty busy, probably for you more than most. Yeah, I guess similar to a lot of people, it's it's unknown, isn't it? And you know, I've just been speaking to people there, saying um, 
the core function of our job at the moment we're unable to do and and that element of relationship conversation socializing with people is, is something we all live for and, and when you lose that it's it's not easy to deal with and everyone has their down moments and and it's, it's a bit of a strange time but um the, the other side of that is, is lots of us are on furlough or have been on, on the furlough scheme so we haven't been in contact with each other and, and working to the same degree as we we normally do um i've come off that scheme in th- this week to deal with some important bits and pieces that, that obviously we're uh, we're talking about now and in the main you, you just try and keep some sort of structure to your days and your weeks and and keep busy and i've had uh, countless zoom meetings or, or <laughs> webinars that i've done in my own time to complete some of the courses and the studies that i'm doing at the moment and it's been a nice period of reflection as well and, and learning too so trying to use the, the the time that you rarely get uh, to the best way possible you know nice to you've been keeping busy and using the time um, as much as you can with regards to the retain list then mark also it was announced earlier on in the week that nine players have been released out of the 12 whose contracts ran out at the end of june well, first thing, because I imagine decisions are always made with, with finances in mind, but, but this season more than ever, because of the current climate of what we find ourselves in in lockdown and, of course, the outbreak of the virus, how much more uh, did the finances come into mind when you were making the decisions about the players you had to release this year? I think any decision comes across a, a number of areas. One may be financial and, and others might be uh, suitability for the squad or the, or the way in which you want to build the squad going forward. Um, the other the other considerations we've got is we we feel like and we we understand that we need to find a higher level of consistency and performance moving forwards to try and have more successful seasons than than we've had the last couple and in order to do that you have to make change so in order to make change you need to create space um in in the squad to do it and one of the things we'll have next year for for many reasons is probably a tighter smaller squad than we have had this year um and therefore you need to create the room to make some of the changes that, that you want to, to create a well-balanced squad that's capable of playing A, the number of games, but also um, the way in which we want to build and play. So, of course, the financial situation is always a consideration. It hasn't been the driving factor behind this. Uh, the need to make changes to the squad and, and create room to to make some recruits and, and, and do that is, is obviously a, a big factor as well. And it's always a time of year when ruthless decisions have to be made. Has that been exasperated a bit by the current situation? Yeah, I think that the difficulty in making these decisions is always is always the case, you know, and uh, and, and it's never easy. You do have to make tough choices, and 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 uh, we we know good players end up leaving your club. That that's uh, sometimes the way it is. But in order to make the room that you need to create uh, the change that you want to, you need to make those difficult decisions, and and they aren't easy to make. Um, but they're ones that I'm I'm happy I've made. Um, I'm confident in those decisions that uh, I'm clear what I want to build and, and what we want to do with the squad. Um, and we'll wish these players well. They've, they've done well for us over varying lengths of time that they've been with us. Really good people that have given their all for us. Um, and, and they'll go on and do well with whatever they do next. Out of the, the nine players, there's probably six senior figures in there. Jabo Abire, George Taft, Reggie Lamb, Paul Lewis... Dan Jones and Sammy Carruthers. The guys have been there slightly longer than the others. Jabo Bire, he's of course been out the side a year as well. But George Taft, Reggie Lamb and Paul Lewis, they have been at the club for a fair while now. What was the thinking behind moving those players on? Perhaps you know those three maybe more settled in, in the team and the squad and the dressing room than, than others? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't feel it appropriate really to go through every individual in too much detail. 
Um, you're right in that there is almost a six and three split there between senior players and, and ones that haven't contributed so much to the squad. Uh, I think what, you, what you've said or what I've said there about um, creating room in the squad to build maybe a different kind of uh, a team. Um, you know, you can't keep everyone and then make changes. It's, it's impossible to do that. So we've had to make some tough calls along the way of um, some, some good players to leave the club that have played a lot of games uh, this year or over their time here. Um, and, and yeah, we, we, we are hopeful that what this will enable us to do is create space in the position that we want to recruit to become stronger. And clearly that is through the spine of the team um, to make ourselves aggressive and experienced. But, but we need a freshness. We need a change. Um, we need to try and add quality and depth to the squad uh, that we're left with. Uh, but you have to make some, some difficult decisions. And, and those boys are in that category. And, and I get I gather from what you're saying as well that perhaps you've used this as a real opportunity to stamp your style on the squad. We saw from the time when you took over from Colin at the back end of last season a difference in style of play. And and probably in the case of those three players I just mentioned, they probably featured more times regularly under Colin than yourself. Would you go along with that? Have you used this opportunity to really make this your squad moving forward? Yeah, I mean, look, often, play, often managers get jobs and say they're not my players. As soon as you get the job, they're your players. You're responsible for developing the club's players and putting them into a team that can be successful. That's in the short period I've been doing it, what I've attempted to do. This gives us an opportunity to make some changes to the squad. Um, we won't be going early in recruiting the players because we'd be sensible to wait. And we need to see how this um, economic situation and, and, and this whole pandemic plays out before we do that. But it's really important also in recruiting a squad that you start with the end in mind. And by that, I mean, how do we want to play? Um, what kind of formations do we want to be able to play? What type of players do we need to be able to play that way? Um, and that's where I am. And, and, and I'm really clear in that picture of the kind of squad that we'd like to build ideally. And now we have to see how things play out. But we've had to create the room in the squad in order to do that. We're really thankful to those players, respectful for what they've given us. They will leave the club at the end of their contract and at the end of the season. We've got this situation where we may be still coming back in, in, in a certain period of time to finish the season. So that some of those players may still play for us yet. It's a really unique situation. But one of our key values as a club is to be respectful and honest with people as, as best as we can. And as and when we know a situation, we have to inform people to, to show them that respect. And, and rather than wait till the end of the season... Um, you try and give people a head start and some clarity in a really difficult time to know where their future stands to allow them to plan. Just lastly on the released players, Dan Jones, Sambi Caravas arrived last summer. How much did their injury record over the past few months and their, I guess, time off the pitch really impact in, in your thinking? Yeah, look, as I said, there's so many considerations of, of um, why the decisions get made and, and, I wouldn't want to pin uh, one reason on any player. Ultimately, the overarching element is that we need to create some space to develop and change the squad. And, and they're the decisions that we've made. Um, and we're aware that there's some talented players there that when fit, when available, when uh, at their best of their game, you know, they've got things to offer. But we can't keep everybody and we have to make these difficult decisions along the way. And it is my responsibility to make them. So I won't shirk that. Greg Taylor, Harrison, Duncan, Liam O'Neill are the three players left out of the 12 whose contract discussions are, are ongoing. You mentioned in your statement earlier in the week that the financial picture is changing and suitable new agreements need to be reached. Is that almost saying in a way that they might need to take a pay cut or is it just a, a case of terms haven't been agreed yet? 
Well, certainly we won't have any of those discussions in the public domain. Um, those discussions are, are, are begun and, and they'll just be ongoing. But um, yeah, as, as you said, the, the financial picture is changing. So what the landscape looks like in the future is very, really unclear at the moment. What, what is important is I'd like to keep some senior continuity to the squad. I think all three offer us, um, offer us different things and, and have been big players in the short period of time that I've been taking the team. I'm aware that is a short period of time, um, but I have the privilege of seeing them every day and, and I think I know the impact that they can have um, if the best is got out of them and, and that's my job to get the best out of them. So I hope that we can come to an agreement with those where they can stay with us and develop and, and continue um, trying to influence the squad we want to build as much as possible. Out of the players who are still under contract, Mark, the likes of Joe Neal, Lewis Simper and Tom Dickens, those three were involved in the partnership with St Neitz uh, in the second half of last season. Can we expect to see them play next season regularly or will they be heading back out on loan to St Neitz or maybe at a high club, maybe a step two club instead? I think that will depend a little bit on timing of, of where we are when this season begins, starts, ends. Um, we'll have a slightly smaller squad. We'll still have some young professionals in there that maybe aren't at the level yet to go in and, and contribute regularly to the team. And you always face that balancing act of if they can't contribute regularly on the pitch to continue their development, they need to play. So we'll always have that debate and argument with people around, do we go and get them out on loan to get that game exposure and experience or keep them in the building to be around the first team and contribute? And we've got to get the balance right with, with those. Some are further down the line of contributing to the team than others. Should we return this season and play those remaining nine games, that might be a real good opportunity for some of the younger ones to be exposed to that senior football in the first team. Um, and, and as time goes on, you'll see some closer and more and, and contributing greater to the first team minutes next season than perhaps others because their immediate future needs to be out on loan, competing, whether that's at St. Neots or, or higher up the pyramid, as you, as you suggested. And is this process being accelerated a little because of the situation we find ourselves in? May you have to potentially chuck some of these youngsters into the deep end and, and in the first team when maybe another year's gone by, you'd, you'd maybe like to give them a, a couple of years to settle in? No, good players need to sink or swim sometimes. Um, they need to go and hit the level. Sometimes we've been too slow in getting them in and around the team. Uh, sometimes we haven't given them the, the development of games that they've needed, be that in the first team or elsewhere. And, and we'll have to play that balancing act really sensibly as we go. We feel we've got uh, some that can go in and, and cope now. Um, but to go and be a really integral part of the team as a young player is, is difficult. You know, you look at the likes of uh, Harry and Leon, they've been, they played in every game. I think I, I took in the, towards the end of the season since I, mm. since I took over and um, Harry's going to be 21 and, and therefore he's further on now down the line of where he is in the early part. His first few games were really, really tough and challenging for him. Um, and, and you have to believe in young players and know that they're going to go through those, those periods of time where performances are tough before you give them the opportunity. Um, and, and in terms of whether we come back and play these nine games or not, if these nine games would have finished on Saturday against Crewe, we would have seen some younger players contributing to that time because whatever the period was going to be, these nine games for us is an opportunity to start to prepare things for next year and to give young players a chance. Perhaps the decisions coming now around contracts as they have might accelerate and give them even greater opportunity. But that was always a plan in those nine games to try and integrate the likes of Lewis Simper, Tom Knowles, to give them more exposure to first-team football. 
And when you look at that fairly young squad, now you've now got on paper 14 players plus the three who are under contract negotiations, 17. When you look at that squad on paper, what word screams out at you? What comes to mind when you, when you see those players? I like some of what we've got there. I like some of the athleticism um, of what we've got. I like some of the attacking intent that I think we can get in that team as well. Um, and I like that we've got a few goal scorers, I think, potentially in there as well. I think what we've got to balance with that is, is a young squad. And overall, we had a young squad this season. And we need to make sure we've got enough size and power and experience and aggression to, to make sure we're not a team that's bullied and we can physically dominate. Um, and we also have to add where we can some, some pace um, to really be able to turn defence to attack and, and get people off their seats when they're watching us. Uh, so there's lots to do. There's lots to build, and 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 in time we will we will add to that. But I'm quite excited by uh, the core of players that are left behind, and and I think we've seen some encouraging performances from some of those this year. And lastly, on the retain list, Mark, give us an insight into the I guess the mood and the feeling during these conversations. It's always a difficult conversation to have, I'd imagine, and you've done many over the years with your academy players as well. But given the current time, given that these players will now be free agents in, in, in a period of time where they probably couldn't pick a worse time to be a free agent, how difficult were these conversations? Yeah, I think they're always difficult because you put yourself in that person's shoes as best you can and you have to show the empathy that um, it is difficult. Um, some players have been through it before, some go through it for the first time. There's never a good time for it to happen. Um, some people, everyone will be in different situations as to what happens next and what they want to do next as well. Um, but we've got some talented players there with some good experience um, and, and there'll be, um, I'm sure, options and decisions for them to make this summer as to where they, they take the next stage in their career. But uh, as I say, never, never easy to make, but they've got to be done and that's part of the job. And, and uh, we've done them in the best way we can and in the best time possible to show them, show them the, the respect that they deserve. And of course, like you said, these release players could still feature for the club in June, July, depending on when the season's finished. The EFL are still looking to finish the season. The Premier League are hopeful of an 8th of June restart with training restarting in mid-May. Dale Vince, the Forest Green Rovers owner, has also said the 6th of June is a possibility. Do you have a date in mind or, or any particular scenario that you see the most likely outcome at this stage? Hey, I don't know. We, we, we know that we won't be to return to training any earlier than the 16th of May. That's That's been communicated. Um, You've only got to look at what things are going in society at the moment and, and we'll be guided by everybody else. We'll be ready um, to return and happy to return and, and, and play um, as and when the competition says that we have to. But everyone's got to be sensible about that and it's got to be safe to do it. Um, we're aware that it wouldn't be in front of crowds, but let's make sure it's safe for players and staff uh, because ultimately that's the overriding factor. That, that comes before any economics and any integrity of competition. Um, it's got to be safe. If it's safe, and it can be proved that it's safe, then, then of course, this is our job. We'll get back to it and we'll enjoy it when it happens. And Ian Mather said on the BBC a week or so ago that his view is that the club would mostly like to vote to scrap the season if there was a vote. Firstly, will the clubs be getting an official vote on how the season ends? And also then, which way would, would you go? Yeah, I don't know is the answer. Um, Ian, Ian deals with a lot of the business side of things, so Ian would be much better placed to comment on that. I don't know what the EFL's stance is in terms of voting. Um, I wouldn't vote on it personally. Um, there'd be so many more considerations than my opinion. Uh, and so my opinion doesn't really matter. It, it, we'll do as we're told. We'll, we'll be ready to work when we're told to, when it's safe to. Um, and, at, and at the centre of all our thinking around every single element of this, recruiting players, um, 
the vision for next season, the, the timing of signings, what happens this year. The central thing to all of our thinking has got to be the longevity of the club. It's a difficult time. It's going to get hard. Uh, it's going to be hard for everybody. The industry is going to really, really struggle and, and find it difficult. We've got to make sure we come through it and we'll come through it by being together. We've got a, a very united staff, a very united club from the very, very top all the way through. Um, and, and I think that puts us in a strong position. And, and I'm an optimist. I don't know when this is going to end. I don't know how it's going to play out and how it's going to unfold. I just know at some point in the future, it will get back to some form of normality. And, and obviously we're excited about that. And, and the future can be bright for us. We've just got to get through this period now. And one of the reasons why so many people are getting through this, especially in the local area, especially in the community around Cambridge United, is because the the fabulous work that the club have been doing. You must be so proud as manager, you know, looking on social media, some of the stuff you're involved in yourself, the club has done over the last few weeks to really help people in the community. Hey, we should all be proud. We should all be proud that we're associated with a club that wants to deeply embed itself in the city and make things better for people. You know, support works both ways. We ask people to get behind us. Uh, with their voices and, and with their feet coming into the games and, and buying season tickets and purchasing the club, all these things. Well, we, we've got to be there for people when they need us. And a club like ours, that would, would many, many would call themselves a community club. Well, you only are one if you truly embed yourselves in it. And, and to um, myself, you know, directors of the club, volunteers, club staff, players, you know, across the whole cross-section of the club, everybody's dived into helping people. And and that's what we should build. You know, we should build on a platform of that. The, the social element, the community element is what can really drive this club forward and, and have a huge impact in the city. Yes, entertain people on the football pitch. Yes, provide that social um, environment for people to come and enjoy it. But we've got a, an opportunity to impact thousands of lives and, and we're not doing our jobs properly and we're not fulfilling the role of a community football club unless we do it. And we do it brilliantly at the moment. And long may that continue. Certainly do, Mark. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much for coming on. Hopefully it won't be long before we see you back in the dugout soon. But most importantly, stay safe and well, and we'll speak again soon. All the best. Thank you. The Cambridgeshire Football Show on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Cambridgeshire Football Association, promoting football at all levels across the city and South Cambridgeshire. So Tim, Mark Bonner there. I think the main thing from, from what he was saying, really, uh, just off the back of it, he seemed insistent that a number of those players were chose on, on footballing values. But what did you make of, of what he said there? Probably no real surprises. I mean, you pressed for reasons and obviously he's mm. not going to discuss individuals. It would have, been, would have been interesting had he done so. I think that there must be some financial constraints and it may not be that they can't afford what they've got. It may be there's less coming in than they'd hoped and therefore they're looking to, as he said, you can't change players unless you get rid of some players. So, you know, again, some of the obvious choices, um, you know, he, he made that point albeit uh, kind of roundabout that you know some people may have made it out of availability and non-injury being less of an issue but I think you know he, he he's done what he's done you know because there are some financial constraints but it may be as much about what's there to spend next year as opposed to what they're currently paying out. Mm, certainly a fresher younger feel to the squad and he seemed keen on stressing that as well we'll come on to that in in a bit. So I say Matt Lockwood though joins us now thanks for coming on Matt. Hi guys you're all right. Yeah, very well, thank you. How, how are you, mate? How's lockdown treating you? Yeah, not too bad. Just busy as always. <laughs> even more so now. <laughs> and I hear you're still working as well. 
Yeah, yeah, I am. Unfortunately, I, I wish I. Sometimes I wish I wasn't, but yeah, at least I've, I've got a little bit of uh, normality in my life at the moment. It's going to say a good thing. It's probably better than sitting here for five weeks in my pants on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all right sometimes, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to put this show out after the watershed now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good job we're not doing it on video. I tell you. <laughs> Swiftly moving on. Matt, what are your thoughts on, on the retain list and what Mark said there? What have you made of, of the news over the last few days? Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's really too many shocks over it, um, if I'm honest with you. Um, just listening to, to what you were saying, you know, Tim uh, saying about uh, Liam O'Neill being in, in a contract discussion, I had to obviously smile to myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, he's probably the big, the biggest surprise for me that, um, you know, uh, from Mark's comments, uh, you know, he's offered or they've offered something to the team uh, since he's been in charge. I think he's probably one of the only ones out of the three that hasn't offered too much uh, on the football pitch for sure. But um, I, I'm, you know, I'm very pleased for, for Harrison Dunn, I have to say. I think if you're looking at players that have been the most consistent this year um, and, you know, deserve another new deal, I think he'd be right up there, number one on the list. And, you know, personally, I don't, I don't think he'd be a million miles off of being, you know, your, your player of the season or being one of the names mentioned in it. So, you know, I'm pleased that he's he's entering discussions and uh, the say, you know, Greg Taylor's been around for for a long, long time. He's part of the furniture. We can't seem to get rid of him at the moment. So <laughs> we'll, we'll have to we we'll have to settle for another year with him. It's interesting because I think I think Harrison Harrison's been one of those players where has kind of surprised people. I think a bit, as you say, you know, mm. you become a fixture of the club and and you kind of just some sometimes you just plod on and plod on. But I think as you say, this year he's kind of made a bit of a resurgence. He's played in positions. I, I like Harrison Dunk coming from the back. Yeah. I think it works really well, and uh, he shows no sign of you know getting out getting another year older in terms. Of speed I think he still needs to learn a new trick apart from the step over but uh, I think I think he, he's he's been a really good contribution and I think you know well deserves kind of that that uh, a new contract I think he, he he'll be one who you know if we're looking for senior more experienced players then he is he's probably one of the first people you'd put out in the team um, you know to get that I would imagine that Ben Coker will probably play a, a left back and Harrison might move forward on, onto the left wing. Um, but it, it, if you could get both of them on the pitch at the same time, I think you've got yourself a real mm. strong left-hand side uh, for next year. And it's probably a stronger position ready for, for next season than what we have been in recent years. I'm not surprised Dan Jones um, you know, got released. I have to say, you know, he started off well, but did seem to fade badly when he did play um, over the past sort of last couple of months before the, the lockdown happened. So not surprised to, to see him on the, on the released uh, uh, names. Um, but Jordan Norville Williams, and I agree with Tim, I think, you know, I think he probably deserved a, a six month to a year deal at least just to kind of give him a, a chance to, to go out there and show uh, what, you know, what he can do. And Mark said in, you know, in his interview, he wants to give these young young players a chance to to show what they've got and um 
with the three that are already sort of contracted for, for next year and you can put Tom Knowles in there as a fourth. You know, if you're going to give those sort of four a chance as well, then surely he, he would be one that absolutely deserves, a, you know, a little chance as well to shine in, in, in a position where, you know, he, he's got good experience to help him out on the pitch. So, you know, it, it's, an, it's an interesting name, I have to say, although I think I'll you know, ultimately, I'm not too surprised by him, but the rest of them really, I've got to say, that there's no surprise. I don't think you know some of them have offered too much. You know, Paul Lewis again, maybe he's another one. Ollie and Tim, you know, he he could have offered something. You know, he scored a couple of goals this year as well. Yeah. You know, in in the right position and getting the ball in the right area, he offers a a half decent threat so you know is it a case of maybe we we've mistreated him in terms of where we've put him on the football pitch because you know sort of playing him on the right hand side of a diamond or in front of the the back four I don't ever think was his, his best position I think you know coming in sort of late behind the attacker and making those late you know uh, late runs into the box was probably his his best position if we if we put a good ball in yeah four goals and five assists for Paul Lewis this season, Tim, do you agree? Yeah, I think I think he's been the victim of his inconsistency. Um, whether that's because he's not being played in a position that he excels at uh, is another matter. But I think at his best, um, he's a very good player. And I think it, when when Bonds talked about you know that the, the, there's definitely talent in there that we're letting go, I think that's probably that that could easily be a reference to to Paul Lewis and the fact that it's it's simply that he's not shown the consistency that that Bonds would want from him um, as part of his uh, repertoire. But that's a bit difficult because that's been the story of the season, hasn't it? I mean, nobody, there isn't a single person who's really shown, uh, you know, the consistency that you'd want apart from, you know, uh, apart from Harrison is probably, probably one of, one of, uh, one of a very small number that have kind of shown that consistency. But I, I think that's where he, he, you know, he let himself down is not, not having any, not having that uh, week in week out uh, run at the ball but uh, when he does play well I mean you know scoring four goals it's always one of those things isn't it you kind of temper your your four goals sounds rubbish until you put it into the context of Cambridge's goal scoring capabilities and and, and it becomes it becomes genius so uh, yeah I think that's the problem with him I think as well, if you look at perhaps maybe this is a, an example of where Mark is trying to put his stamp on the side. The the formation he played the majority of the towards the end of the season was a flat four four two, and if 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 like Matt said, if he plays in that sort of position where he arrives in the box late, they might not sort of allow him to to play too much in that system. He might then have to play deeper. With regards to George Taft, Paul Lewis, and Reggie Lamb, they've been the three names probably thrown around on social media that people are. Are, are most or the questions are around the most mainly probably because they could be seen as good squad players would you go along with that uh, are they worth keeping in the t- in the team and the squad just you know because you might need them a, a number of games throughout the season I th- you, you you could make that argument for Taft. I think he had, you know, he he, he obviously didn't play much towards the end of the uh, the, the, the the interrupted season, um, but he, you know, he, I think he's he is a he is a, a good League Two fullback. I think um, you know he's not he's not the best, um, but he's certainly not the worst. And as a squad player, he probably would have he probably would have fitted in. Uh, but if they're looking to strengthen again, as Bond says, you can't you can't change unless you let some people go. Reggie Lamb's an enigma. I think you know <laughs> people call him lazy. People say it's just his style. 
me i err on the side of laziness i think he he never really looks involved in a game that isn't going his way i think again he's one of those players that with the ball at his feet sometimes he he amazes uh, with the ball at his feet other times he just makes you laugh it's mm-hmm. it's a lack of consistency i mean if you say you're getting rid of an international footballer from your side you don't <laughs> worry about it but you know i again I, he's not shown enough for me for him to be offered anything um i think there are better players who could take his place he seems to be another one who's suffered with that inconsistency because every time he seems to have played well, he's then either gone on to international duty or even this season under Coldwood when he had those a few good games at the base of midfield, he then got sent off twice in a, in a few weeks. Stupidly as well. Yeah. <laughs> and But again, that's I think when it's not going well for him, he kind of switches off, you know, but then the, the moments of, you know, real good play it become few and far between and I think people lost patience with him I think everyone gave him a chance everyone wanted to see him perform you know as well for us as uh, as he he does occasionally but it, it just never worked and I think you know it just wasn't it was never likely he was going to get offered a contract mm. I, I think he, he was a, a conundrum wrapped in an enigma that we could never really <laughs> answer um it, it was so it was so hard really because you you, you put him in the position across that midfield and you always felt like he he could do a job there and he could perform in that position where he was out out wide or in front of the back four or playing just behind the striker and I think that's probably when he probably had his most sort of hot streak with us when he played behind the striker actually he scored a couple of goals in a row didn't he and mm. you know but he just he did, and, uh, you know, like Tim says, it always flattered to deceive. You know, you always felt that there was something there. You know, there was a little bit of, of talent, you know, a little bit of, you know, he, he could do something in a game that, you know, it could help us. And, you know, he, he just never really did it enough for us. And, uh, you know, in, in fairness, uh, like Tim says, you know, sometimes he, he did look a little bit lazy. He did look a little bit slower on the ball than he should have been. You know, probably didn't move the ball as quick as he as he want or, or as we wanted it to be, rather than what he wanted it to be. You know, maybe maybe just our, our style of play um, for what the for what we've had of style of play. You know, probably maybe just didn't suit him or the you know the way he's used to playing. I don't know, but you know, for for a few years, in all honesty, you know, he, he's been the player that's really and truly kind of stolen the living from the football club because he just hasn't done enough and this is this is the thing you know we're, we're not doubting his ability and you know the ability was obviously there when he wanted it to be there and we've seen it already you know we, we saw it with Giovanni Brown as well who undoubtedly had ability you know but it, again it was when he wanted to perform rather than when the football club needed to to, to perform and you know I, I think if you if you look at sort of you know the similar you know, between the two of them, you know, they're very, very similar players now that are kind of a, the same situation for, for different reasons. You know, Giovanni's out in limbo at Colchester and can't get a game at, at Forest Green and now Reggie, for one reason or another, whether it's finances or, or Mark Bonner didn't fancy him, is he's now got to find himself a, a football club. And we hope he does. Of course we do. You know, we don't wish him... You know, you know, not to be sitting out the game because he has got something about him, and he'll probably go to another club as we've seen before, and he'll, he'll flourish <laughs> well, there and be yeah. a great player. Won't I, I, he? I think the problem. 
he's he's the person who would least surprise me if he ended up in a League One club that gets promotion to the Championship, because it, mm-hmm. because if if he can if if he can get his head in the game for a full ninety minutes and he can find, I think you're right that position behind the striker. I th- I think he could do really well, and it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see his career move on quite markedly from here. But but you know I think it, it it's down to him to you know to get to get his head into the game for you know a longer period than he than he seems to at the moment it's interesting yeah you mentioned that the comparisons with Giovanni they are very similar players I think Giovanni to probably the difference is Giovanni managed to produce the numbers and hence he got the move to Colchester Reggie hasn't done that as regularly in, in a youth shirt we touched on Dan Jones and his injuries I guess it's, it's not really worth touching on Jabbo to be honest to him that was always obvious he was going to go are you t- are you've got to feel immensely sorry for the guy he's, 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 he's a nice bloke he kind of looked like you know I mean he scored what I think he scored eight was it eight goals the previous season made him one of the top scorers and you know you kind of felt that if if everything went right for him, then uh, you know we'd have a we'd have a really good a really good set of strikers that we could call on mm-hmm. in a rotation. But obviously injury and you know not playing, and then you know the the, the oddity of the uh, sickness after the injury and everything mm-hmm. everything that went with it just obviously counted him out. I think you know if if you're in a financial if if uh, there are financial constraints, you don't want to take a risk on Jabbo. Uh, you know being unfit which is potentially likely or you don't want to sort of experiment later and see how well he comes back from a year off football so Mm, there's not a lot you could really do with him I think you know we we got Jarbo just at the wrong time just the injury prone sort of end of career style Jarbo um, ready to not put his feet up but you know sometimes just go through the motions and there was a good player and if you you speak to all the other football clubs Jarbo played for you know they hold him in such high esteem but just got the feeling that he, he was coming he came to us at a time where his career is winding down and closer to home and it, it suited him rather than going out there at mm. times and again on his day he was a good player but you know a lot of injuries and again it, to at times and he probably didn't score enough either like Tim said and that's the problem when you're when you're at his age you know one thing that you need to be doing more than is putting the ball in the back of the net and he just didn't do it enough for us really The Cambridgeshire Football Show on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Cambridgeshire Football Association promoting football at all levels across the city and South Cambridgeshire with regards to Sam Vickerovers, we've touched on the rest and I think maybe the likes of George Taft and Paul Lewis, maybe in another year when finances weren't so tight, they may have got another year or two and, and been squad players, but that isn't the case. Sam Vickerovers, now this is an interesting one. What do we reckon the main reason is behind him not getting a new deal? Is it his injury record? Is it the personal issues? Or is it purely the fact that he came from Sheffield United, probably on decent wages and they used need to make some money? Money. It's got to be money for me personally. I think if... if Samir Carruthers is interested in staying at this football club for another year. Um, you, you nurse him through no matter what because the, the guy's got more ability, you know, creative ability than what we've shown at times. And if you've got a, a half decent, a half fit uh, Samir Carruthers in your team that can play sort of 35 to 38 games a season, you're going to be at the top end of the of the league. I, his uh, his ability is undoubted. His his passing, you know, was was very very quick. And you know, sitting in front of that back four at times, you know, just when we needed him, and we saw it under um, 
under when Bonner took control, actually, you know, when we were struggling sort of 1-0 down at home in a couple of games, uh, and Mark had just come in, and it, it was the introduction of, of Samir Carruthers that just completely changed the game. And, um, you know, it, it, it's just... There was just something about him, you know, he could get us going. He got the ball moving a lot, lot quicker. He, you know, with the passing was a lot, lot sort of crisper. And he was an option all the time. He wasn't scared to, to, to be on the ball. And yeah, OK, he probably lost it a couple of times, um, you know, sitting in front of the back four. But, you know, he, he'd get back and he'd, he'd chase it down. And he, he just brought something that we really, really have lacked for, for, for quite a while. And, and that's not, no disrespect to all the other midfielders, but he was just a cut above them. And, uh, you know, I think it's something that it, if he'd have been interested in another year or if we'd have had one of those sort of, you know, the club could ex- exercise another year on top of his deal, I think the club would have done it. But I, I think finance has definitely got to be in play with him. I think, you know, he, he's far too good for us. I think he's far too good for this league unless you're somebody mm. like Salford who have got loads and loads of money to chuck about still. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up as somebody like Salford, um, you know, when the next season starts. So, you know, really good player. Um, I think we were a better team with him in it and then uh, with him out of it. And yeah, okay, sometimes his injury record, you know, don't, didn't help him. But I, I think the finance has definitely sort of uh, made the decision there for Mark Bonner. And maybe the player yeah. himself, you know, maybe the players turned around and said, look, I'll give him one year. No matter what, he was obviously, you know, well known to uh, Colin Coldwood and that might have made a, an impact on the decision as well. You know, with Colin not in charge, um, he, he didn't want to play under Mark Bonner. Of course, we don't know. It's speculation. But, it, you know, yeah. sometimes a player can just walk away from a football club and say, hey, look, you know, I've, I've held up my end of the bargain and you haven't got the money for us and there's no, ex, you know, uh, year exercise from the football club. So I'll just go on and just take my chance out there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because, I, I mean, I think, I think finances will certainly have a lot to do with it. I think... It, it, the, the whole, I mean, the, the whole speculation over what really happened, um, what the story was, um, I think also impacts on it because we don't know that whatever problem it was, but everyone speculates what it was, has finished. And whether, you know, that that may play into it as well. It may be that the problem persists and therefore, you know, the, the club aren't, aren't taking any of it. Um, it I think if you know if you look if you look at what they're trying to do, you know, and I, if 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 you if you can get rid of a player that's earning a pound and get two players that are earning fifty p, then you might be better off with that um, than than you are taking the better player with a pound. And I, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything Matt said in terms of would you want him to be in that side next year? Absolutely. If he's if he's going to play. 35 38 games in a season you know we it's going to set it's going to set up the basis of a team for that period and the what he brings you know allows you to forgive the odd mistake he makes in front of the back four and, and some of them have been terrible to be fair mm-hmm. but uh yeah you'd want him he's the one person you'd want in your team if everything else was uh you know everything else was good so i think finance finance must play a part and possibly a hangover from the issues that he suffered that uh you know uh, led to his absence for a, a fair part of the season outside of injuries. Mm, certainly on the football pitch, the U's are going to miss him. Let's wrap up then and talk about the rest of the squad. How do we see it 
those 14 players plus the, the three that possibly could sign as well, leave 17. Who knows? The use may get some loan players back. They did say in the statement they are in discussions with the other loan players and their parent clubs about the terms of any potential extensions. That's Victor added by AJ, Sam Smith, Jack Rolls, Ben Coker, Paul Mullen also is headed back to Tranmere. So how do we how do we see that that squad of seventeen? What what's the word that that screams out to you guys? Inexperience. I'd I'd like to I'd like to say something we've probably never heard before, and that's this off season and the players that we can add to strengthen the squad are going to probably be really key to our season next year. Because I think we're in the same position as we've been for many many for many many seasons, <laughs> which is you've got some you've got some reasonable players, you've got the odd good player, you've got some run of the mill players, you've got a lot of inexperience and that's not going to get you anywhere in league two it's it's an open league there's no doubt about that uh, and, a, and a good streak can take you from you know lower mid table to upper top table and you know and back down just as quickly but you need you need a stronger squad than we've got at the moment does the vibrance of youth not excite you tim um, <laughs> it, it, it does if it's supported by the experience that goes you know the, 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 the squad needs uh, outside of that um, so yeah the, I think there's, there's, there's something to work with but we need we need some strength added to it hmm. yeah I, I completely agree with Tim I, I think we there's obviously an eye on what's going to happen for next season Um Obviously, they're hoping one way or the other this year for, for the lower leagues either kind of sort of gets cancelled, which, you know, in some ways we don't want to happen because it'd be interesting to see what these squad of players could do um, in those remaining nine games and where we could end up. But, I, you know, I think they're, they're just keeping them on just for, for, for the sake and obviously just safeguarding. I mean, like Tim says, you, you look at that team of, you know, sort of potential 17 players and you think... Yeah, if this was a 46-game season, we'd be in trouble. You know, we'd be in massive trouble. And, um, you know, it does need adding to it. You know, with with the lone players, obviously we know that Jack Rolls is definitely not going to be here um, no matter what after, you know, either this year or, or whatever happens. But he's not going to be with us next season at all. And that's a, that's a huge creative hole, which I think, you know, yeah. desperately needs, needs to be filled straight away. And it's not just there... Um, and Mark uh, Bonner, he, he said it in his interview as well. You know, we, we've got to look at getting some pace in the team, which is absolutely right. You know, the, the, the pace in that team right now. I mean, we look cart horse slow for, for half of them, really, which is which is a big worry for for us. And so that's something that he wants to address. And he's talked about being physical as well, which they aren't particularly physical right now either. And, um, then you've got to have that sort of predator in front of the goal, which. Again, you know, you, you look at Sam Smith and you, you look at Harvey Nibs and, you know, you look at Andy Dallas and you think they could be that player. You know, all three of them could be that player that could, you know, be the, the big goal scorer that, you know, we need. You, you think back all those years ago and the, the last big goal scorer that we had, Scott Rendell, when he came into the club, he, he was third, fourth choice when he joined us from Crawley. And he came out of nowhere with a run of games and scored, you know, 20 goals twice for us for this football club. So, you know, one of those players could go on a massive run next year um, with just with the right person next to him and absolutely flourish. And I think, you know, for 
for the season ending the way it did. You know, the one person that it kind of did affect more was probably Harvey Nibs, who was just starting to show a little bit of something yeah. that, you know, Colin identified for, at the beginning of the season. And, um, you know, Paul Mullin, I have to say, will be a, a massive, massive loss. And it's a shame that we couldn't sort of keep him on to the, to the end of the season if, if it carries on, because, you know, he is a good player and he, he's just something different. You know, he, he's not a, you know, a prolific goal scorer as such, but there, there's ability there to bring people in and, you know, help people and sort of basically, you know, lead from the front, you know, something that we haven't had for, for quite a while. So, mm. you know, I think going into to next season, if, if they do finish off this year, if they say, no, we're not going to carry on. If we can get Sam Smith in, I think he, he's got to be a, a, a number one signing as well. I think Ben Coker is kind of secretly signed, sealed and delivered as long as he doesn't break down uh, <laughs> injured. And, um, you know, Jack Rolls will obviously go back and, you know, we, we wish him best because he's going to be a very good player for sure. You know, and I think we're lucky to have, have him for, for this year. And as for Victor, oh God, oh blind. <laughs> what, what, what do we say about Victor? But the lad, he tries. He tries. <laughs> is he as worse as Adi Aziz? I don't know. No, 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 he's not. No, poor lad, poor lad. <laughs> just, just to, you know, it's interesting with with Coker and uh, and the, the the potential of Coker and uh, uh, Dunk on the left hand side, kind of takes me back to that the Mingoya Halliday pairing mm. uh, and how well that worked and you do see that you, you know you, you think about it and you think that that could be something that would be that would be huge for the club if we could find you know we could find that combination on either wing ideally both but certainly certainly one would be a good start um, uh, with that kind of uh, pairing and I think that could be it if we if, if that's possible. Although remember Mingora and Halliday was under Derry, so they weren't allowed to enter the last third of the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Mingora definitely wasn't, that was for sure. <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing I would say with regards to that group of players, I think for the first time in, in a while, it seems there's a clear identity in, in the way the club wants to go. Whether it'll work is another, another matter. They've gone with what Graham Daniels said, didn't he, in December. They want to go with youth. They've now got that and they've got a manager who believes in that as well. Whether it'll work again is another matter, but at least there's a, a clear identity in, in the way they want to go, it seems. But again, it's, you know, I get kind of get a bit fed up with this. Oh, yeah, we want to go with youth. So what did we do to show that we didn't recall Tom Knowles? Uh, we, we let Jordan Norville play and then we get rid of him. You know, I, it, I, it still rings a bit hollow, this we want to go with youth. I think we need to see some real evidence that not only do we actually do it, but that we have a plan B if it doesn't mm. work, and that's that's what I don't think we've seen. No matter how no matter how much the club talks about it, it's not something we've seen as yet. We'll yeah, see. I, I agree. I agree. I was going to say with with Tim. I think you know you, you say they they've got a youth identity, but if you look, Greg Taylor's thirty, Harrison Dunks thirty soon. You know, and uh, you look into that midfield, and if Liam O'Neill signs on, he's what twenty. 26 maybe odds you know so 
it, it's not really young, young. Like you go further forwards, and okay, yeah, Harvey Nibs is sort of nineteen, twenty, and Andy Dallas is twenty-one. But yeah, you, there's a there's a lot of reliance on youth, and it's not exactly youth coming through our our youth team either. Yeah. So that I think that's something. It's okay banging the drum about having youth, but let's have a few of our youngsters around. And like Tim says, let's let's have a plan B when it's all going wrong, and we're definitely going to need some experienced heads mm. for next year for sure. Yeah, you certainly need some experience. I mean, if if you look at the the likes of Leon Davis and Harry Darling, who did play towards the back end of the season, but like you say, it does need to be backed up. We do need to see these young players come through if they are going to say they're going to play youth. But of course, every side needs that experience. You look at the great class of '92 United; they still had the likes of Roy Keane and and Yapstam alongside them to guide them through. Who knows when football restart, guys? It's been a pleasure talking to you both. Glad you're both well, and uh, fingers crossed it won't be long before we're all back on the airwaves soon. Cheers. Take care, Ollie. Cheers, guys. The Cambridgeshire Football Show on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Cambridgeshire Football Association, promoting football at all levels across the city and South Cambridgeshire. So that's all we have time for today on the Cambridgeshire Football Show. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks very much to our guests for coming on, Mark Bonner, especially Tim Armitage and Matt Lockwood as ever. I've been Ollie Slack. Your sport coverage continues on Cambridge 105 Radio on Wednesday with the 105 Sports Special. But for now, thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Cambridge 105.